This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Creed stand, Jake Bakoven. I love that, Van Creed. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. We're back for our number two of On the Block with Strick and Bach. Uh, usually, Strick will be joining us at this time for the final two hours of the show, but uh, he, he was flying in today, so uh, I, I think he's flying into Omaha. I didn't even ask him where he's going. I just said, he just said he's flying, so I said, okay, well, <laughs> but where, he is landing. Where in the world is Eric Strickland today? Oh, yeah, that's what that's a question we can ask often. He's able to he's able to fly back and forth here and there, um, and, he, and he likes to travel, so we'll see. We, maybe we'll get that answer here in about an hour um and the five o'clock hour by the way will be big sky and strick i'm off to uh off to omaha i'm gonna brave the the weather and go watch some wrestling some good old-fashioned wrestling yeah your, so. uh, your snowshoes ready to go <laughs> no i never wear snowshoes i'm not a, I, I i'm kind of i hate the weather so i just try to stay out of it mostly and then i'll complain because my shoes get wet or something but even the shoes i do buy usually they're not like there's not like a the rubber like that's going over. It's always like cloth or something. So I always have awful shoes for the winter. And I refuse to change it. I'll just complain about it, and my toes get. You're so you're cold. a pu- you're a puddle away from a very bad day. Oh, I know. I always am. And the worst part is if you have to like work and like be, stay in like wet socks for like seven hours. Exactly. Oh yeah. man, it's so bad. I've had to do that before. I, yeah. You need some boots. I know, but I just don't want to buy boots. <laughs> you can get nice. You can get. They nice. don't look fashionable. I, I I need to look more fashionable. You get some nice Tims. Come on, <laughs> yeah, Tims go with suppose. everything. That's true. I could get some fashionable ones. I don't know. I just for some reason, like my friend won't even like adjust at all. He'll wear flip flops year round. Does not care. He does not want to wear shoes. I'm just somewhat the same way where I just I don't really stock up. I don't have a big winter coat. Because I just don't plan to stay out in the snow ever. I just don't want to. I'll be inside. Uh, well, I'll wear, I'll wear shorts when it's cold outside because if I'm if I'm spending a majority of my time inside, if I'm just going to the grocery store, I can brave that you know yeah a few, few that seconds. forty five second walk from my car to the uh, the vestibule at High V. I mean it's, it's it's not the end of the world to wear shorts, but people act like wearing shorts is a is a crime. The legs are one of the warmest parts of the body, in my opinion. They're they're the last things to get cold. Yeah, and the, and you can't complain too much about your legs, I suppose. It is it's the extremities. It's kind of your fingers and your toes, right? And I think that they're I think I don't know if it's true necessarily, but I was told that like right behind your neck, if you can kind of like start warming that up, it'll warm your whole body up a little bit quicker. I mean maybe it increases circulation if you kind of Yeah. I guess uh agitate it. Uh Brown Magic Tax, what happens if you get in a wreck or a car breaks down? Yeah, that'll be bad. I'll complain about it the whole next day. Well, here's what I I, I think he's I think he's asking like if I'm wearing shorts. Oh, for shorts, I, yeah. And I'm trapped. But what I do is I have a car coat and I just have a coat sitting in my back seat because no one ever uses it. So if my if I were to get in a car accident, boom, blanket over my legs. Nice. I used to always have a like a it's like a little two person tent that I would keep in my trunk just in case. I never had to use it. And it was really kind of useless. Just like a camping tent? Yeah, just in case uh, my car ever broke down and worse come to worse. 
You should get a pitch a tent on the side of the road. <laughs> box. Pitch a tent. Get a little, you know, get a few feet from the road. Um, if we're, so, you know, if my, like, I don't know what happened. It's it's best to be a little bit prepared, and I would like rather do that than wear boots. Back of your neck and palm side of your wrist for warming up or cooling down, says Ross on the text hmm. line. That would make sense because you know you'll see people like do this. Yeah. When they come inside, maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're not Spider Man rubbing their wrists because they <laughs> were wearing the spider their, sense. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's warming themselves up. Yeah, Rico's got it. <laughs> Rico's always covered. He's got his Knicks hoodies. He's got like six of those things by now, don't you? Well, he wears a stocking cap inside, so yeah, it's true. Hey, he just got a haircut. Not letting it, not letting it breathe out here. He's cold in general in the office. He was complaining about the, the that it's just kind of cold in here. Usually, it's cold in the studio because of this god awful AC machine that they have running. Well, all at all times. This guy's desk at the office is right in front of a giant window. It gets to be about a thousand degrees during the summer. It never turns on his AC unit. I go to clean that spot when I do my one night of cleaning, and I am, I am sweating instantly because of how hot it is. I have to like <laughs> turn it on an hour in advance. It's terrible. It is terrible. Everybody's so different because that, that's why it's so cold in here. Is Jake Sorensen likes it to be cold in the morning, and then then it just well, DP likes that. it cold as well. DP likes it cold yeah. now too. So, it, oh man, I just hate it. I get I get freezing pretty quickly. You're not even in the direct blast here. Oh, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm in the winter storm over here. We got to go I'm, turn I that off it. again. I love it. You oh, can, you like it right now? Yeah, oh, okay. Never well, turn it off. I'll never brave through it. it uh, brave through it here. I usually am wearing a coat um, because it gets too cold. Kip off the text line says kangaroos lick their forearms to cool themselves. To cool themselves. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I, prefer, I prefer the giant snow blasters that they have on the sideline of uh, Husker games. Oh, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah. Would you ever uh, fight a kangaroo if he was trying to? You see that those videos like him trying to oh. get a dog? Would you have to fight him off for your dog? Well, you have a cat, right? Yeah, I have a cat. He yeah. doesn't go outside though, and he'd be terrified. He'd run away from the kangaroo the moment he saw it. Uh, if I if I was like if I if it was my dog or my to, cat, yeah, yeah. and I had to, I would uh, I would do my best to like do a, a scoop and score, you know. Just grab it. Oh grab yeah, it, yeah, run. yeah. Run. I would. I wouldn't want to get in it with the kangaroo. I would love to see a kangaroo hopping, chasing you, you guys. After Wait, well, with my cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I because I, sometimes I think the best tactic might be to tackle the kangaroo. Then he doesn't have his jumping ability. Well, then he just kicks you. Yeah, those legs could be pretty scary. Yeah, that's. What I, I don't care if he wants to punch me. I know. I know kangaroos like got to, weak little arms. Like, like to throw punches. Yeah. I'll, I'll take one of those on the chin and keep going. But if <laughs> if, it, if it gets one of those giant. Bigfoot claw things on me. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm in the dirt automatically. I got to go to Australia at some point. I do want to see a kangaroo. I don't think I've maybe I've seen one at a zoo or something. I can't really remember, I guess, but there's plenty of them out there in Australia. Are we going to talk about the Purdue coach or not? Matt Painter? I want, I need, the, I need the answers before somebody comes in and embarrasses me on shootout. Oh yeah, that's right. So, uh, and shootout today is with big sky, um, instead of strict because strict's coming up at five. So, um, at four forty-five, you get your chance to win $15 of Buffalo wings and rings. And we're going to talk, it's going to be all based around Matt Painter. So you're going to want to pay attention to our segment if we ever get to it. But first I want to talk more about kangaroos. Oh. <laughs> oh no okay maybe we can get the let's just get to the to matt painter um matt painter obviously been a great coach at purdue um for a long time took over for gene katie who actually played for at one point in time um but uh i mean it, 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 it's just kind of weird to to say i just i've always wondered there's one team if there's one team that i don't trust around march it's purdue they just don't seem to win very often. Maybe I've just been burned in my brackets over the years by it. Um, but I love betting on Tom Izzo in March. And I will always, well, not always. I usually go Big Ten heavy just because they're the teams I watch. But usually I will feel very nervous about taking Purdue 
very far in the tournament. He does have one elite eight appearance, uh, which is pretty good. Um, but but that's it. I mean, other than that, he's got four sweet 16 appearances. Again, Bill a statue for him at Nebraska and most places around the nation, right? I mean, that he's a heck of a of a, of a coach. I just I just wonder if you would you would if you if you watched him long enough if you think that he would survive at a kansas or kentucky duke north carolina um without having too much tournament success is there something within matt painter that doesn't work in the tournament is it is it the the recruiting style of getting those big men doesn't doesn't translate or something um but you know, it, it's it's something to wonder. The other part of it, though, is to acknowledge that he just doesn't have the talent at as as he would at a Duke or North Carolina or Kansas. So, would he be able to be, to do better? Do you think at at a, a bigger school like that? Well, if you look at uh, uh, Purdue, it's in the state of basketball of Indiana, mm-hmm. but it's uh, like the third program in in that state uh, in terms of if you're ranking them by terms of prestige you know indiana is obviously king in basketball and then notre dame is is king in football and their athletics program has probably got a little bit more to offer than purdue and then you get purdue so they're struggling to get the best recruits in their own home state so they're having to go out and find guys elsewhere and i think that's why you see uh see this unique style of recruiting because he's going out and getting guys who are necessarily not made for this era of basketball, but it works in the big 10 because it, it works in that game. Cause you know, the big 10 is a, a big, big physical basketball conference. And so his style works at Purdue. I think if he was at a Duke or Kentucky and he had access to the best of the best from around the country, he would change his recruiting style a little bit and maybe wouldn't go twin towers approach with it and would, uh, would, would get those hired skilled guys and probably have more success in the tournament. Cause I do think that is ultimately their Achilles heel is that they're a slower team on average in the tournament. And you just, they're there, they will meet a team that's just more skilled and more talented and can, and can get around their, their slow physical nature. Well, it's too, it's just kind of the shooting and, and it's, it's uh, it's been kind of a troubles at times, I suppose in the tournament where they're just, they're so tough like they are this year. I mean, they, they have, you know, your, your three point shooting specialists, they always have, and whether it's Dakota Matthias or, or you know, Sasha Stefanovic has been there uh, for years now, he'll be there playing again tonight. Um, you always kind of have those three point specialists and then the guys around them that can shoot pretty well too. They shoot 40% from beyond the arc. It just seems at times, maybe in the tournament, um, you know, when, when you're betting on, on shooting uh, instead of like, you know, defense or something like that being your, your prime uh, go-to for your team, you can just have an off night, but it just seems to add up more, more times than not. I think he's been there 17 years and to, and, and he's, and, and it's again, a great job to get it to as many sweet 16s as he has just seems that sometimes they're, you know, ranked pretty high top four seed or whatever going into the tournament. And they're, they're very often knocked out kind of early. Oh, well, with uh, what I can, what I've learned about you, Bach, I'm surprised you pick any Big Ten teams to ever advance in the tournament. I love the how Big much Ten. You hate the conference, but I, I, I do think that that is all. It's ultimately the it extends throughout the entire conference as they play a slow physical yeah. game, and then they get to the uh, tournament, and you have a Duke that can shoot the lights out and has talent, and you struggle because of what was what made you successful in the regular season in the Big Ten. So I, I think that's ultimately the issue, and the teams that have success in the Big Ten are the teams that can do both. They can play that physical slow game of, of the Big Ten when it when they need to, and then they get to the tournament and they can change their style of play and have that and go talent for talent with another team like a Kentucky or a Duke. When it certainly was a tough pill to swallow last uh, last year when, when, when the Big Ten looked like the best conference in the nation and then all of a sudden the tournament came and they really struggled. I, I I've, uh, put this opinion out there and it did not go over well on the text line. And I think it's probably because of another team that I included in this take 
but I said very specifically that we shouldn't be dancing on the grave of Iowa during March Madness, or and we shouldn't be dancing on the grave of, of a Creighton uh, during the tournament. We should want those teams to go far because they're teams that you know Nebraska is going to play, and you want them to have their stock raised because you don't want to get beat by 50 by a team that's a uh, round of 32 exit. You want to get beat by 50 by a national champion. And and ultimately, once you are beating those teams, you want them to be as big a wins as possible. And so I think once it's, once it no longer affects Nebraska, once you, once it doesn't uh, impact if Nebraska is making the tournament or not, Nebraska's already missed it or they've already made it in and they're not playing each other. You need to be cheering for those teams to do well. So it raises Nebraska stock as well. It's kind of like a reciprocal, you know, top down everyone gets a little bit of the benefit when one team benefits a lot so that's where i'm at with that opinion what do you think of that no i absolutely agree and i and i am actually like i have to keep telling you i'm a huge big 10 guy i'm just a realist when it comes to the college football domination that comes from the sec over the last 20 years it's it's there i mean i i we can argue whether you should just count championships or not but championships is a pretty big uh pretty big factor i think in overall domination when you go to the to college basketball obviously it's a little bit different um you know kind of the the big east the accs over the years uh, have kind of led that way and the big 10 has had has had good regular season teams but it, it still has been a long time when you're just looking at championships since they've had a champion michigan's been in there um in the title game a few times um and that's kind of been the closest the big tens had but i think it's still tom Izzo's back in 2000 would be the last national championship for the big 10 um trying to think back illinois went there with deron williams but they didn't end up winning wisconsin's we, been got, there. we got a call buck oh we do have a call um, but uh, yeah, it's it's just kind of interesting that um, you know, the Big Ten is is always good and always has so much depth to it, and in in some years more than more so than not. Remember when Nebraska won thirteen conference games in the Big Ten under ten miles and still didn't make the tournament? Um, what a travesty that was! They lost to Michigan by a lot in the Big Ten tournament, and then Michigan went on to be the runner up. Well, I'm I'm glad you bring that year up because what happened the year before to the Big Ten in the tournament? They had a very bad season. They underperformed. And so then there was a little bit of that concern by the the, the uh, selection process. You know, is the Big Ten going to come in and overwhelm again? And so when it comes to Nebraska, who has a very good regular season in the conference, they don't make it in because there's there's trepidation around the entire conference. And so if, if Nebraska went out and had the exact same season under Tim Miles with the lack of marquee victories and a, maybe a little bit of struggle in the non-con, they would probably miss the tournament again because there would be that trepidation around the conference again this year, given how poorly they performed last year. And that's the main crux of my entire point is no, don't paint in your face blue and, and silver for Creighton or, or <laughs> black and gold for Iowa. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you need to become their biggest fan, but I'm saying you should hope that they do well simply so that it can raise the stock of Nebraska. Cause if the big 10 is always, always goes into the conference and is known for dominating every year in that, in that space when Nebraska is good in that, in the conference in the regular season, the selection process will favor Nebraska because, Oh, they already cut their teeth in a very strong conference. They're going to do well and we want to get them in and they'll probably get a more favorable seed. Whereas Nebraska that, that year, if they had gotten selected, they probably would have been a 12 seed. So I, I, that, that's why I want people to cheer for the success of, of the peers of Nebraska and not not necessarily relish when they do poorly. Yeah, and I, and I and I think that you hope that the Big Ten does well when it gets to tournament play. I, I think you certainly cheer for the Big Ten when they go up against the ACC Challenge or stuff like that. Um, I think once you get to the tournament, though, 
you know, and then maybe you're talking about year over year, I guess. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I kind of already decided the problem for Nebraska basketball has always been Nebraska basketball. You know, you have, you have to compete at a certain level. I shouldn't say always again, because I think that's disrespectful to Strick and those guys in the nineties that had to go in there, but very short glimpses of, of Nebraska basketball history where they've been thought about in general around the nation. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's, you know, you definitely think about that for football and, and when Nebraska football has been there in years past, you kind of cheer for conferences or, or, or hope that, uh, those teams look good, but, and then, there's, there's the fan party that if you can't um g- then fine like people some days couldn't stomach cheering for oklahoma even if it looked better for nebraska back in the day in big eight football if you can't stomach cheering for for creighton or iowa fair enough you know that's your rival that's part of sports that's part of fun um but it it, it doesn't really matter whether creighton's made a sweet 16 or not right i mean that's like a stat that nebraska only like people in nebraska can can fire back at creighton well you haven't made it to the sweet 16 either Nobody outside of that cares because they can remember Creighton being relevant, Creighton having Doug McDermott or Kyle Korver um, being national player of the year candidates and and always, you know, and getting relevant victories throughout the year and, and just popping up here and there in the tournament and getting big wins over Florida or whatever it has been in the past. Nebraska. Nebraska's problem is Nebraska. You just you, even when they made the tournament, they were the 11th seed. They weren't. They weren't a national top. There was that three. Seed. There was a year they were the three. Seed. I'm saying within the last like 25 years. Yeah, you do. Have to, you have to go pretty far back. Uh, you know, the, the last time that Nebraska beat a top, uh, a number one ranked opponent, it was actually uh, 1980. Did you know that? I did not know that. I did a story on it last year uh, during my uh, senior year of college. Uh, very interesting. It was Missouri. It was the Antlers. Okay. Uh, that that little uh, I guess rabbit hole aside, uh, I, I I think that you should hope for the relevance of of your rivals. I think you should hope for the relevance of your rivals so that you can hopefully obtain relevance by association. Is kind of where I'm at. If if Creighton is a top ten team, there's a better chance that their rivalry game against Nebraska is going to be on nationally televised TV, mm-hmm. and you can only benefit from being on a nationally televised broadcast because that gets you in front of recruits. You know, maybe a kid isn't isn't in Creighton's on Creighton's radar, but he could be a good player for Nebraska. If he goes and turns on the Creighton game and, and says, Oh, I really wish I could, I could play for Creighton. But if I, I play at Nebraska, I can show Creighton what they're missing. You know, that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping happens when you, when you get, a, when you play teams that are also incredibly hyper relevant across the nation. And I, I, I guess that's why I lump Creighton in specifically to the big 10, because I, you know, we're going to play them every year. They are a rival and they, 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 do have that that re- relevancy and that recency uh, to their relevancy that makes it possible for them to to help heighten Nebraska's stock. But is there is there a point at which you have to stop? Like once they're don't the... don't don't paint your face blue. I'm not don't saying paint that. Your face silver. Don't be Happer and be a Jasker. But <laughs> when they get to the tournament, when you get to the tournament, I, I be pleasantly surprised and pleased with their success, and don't be. Uh, don't be dancing on their grave. But even that, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe you can hope that they win a few games, make it to the Sweet 16. At some point, if if I was or Creighton or, or fighting somebody else to, for the battle to go to the Final Four, it's going to be hard to start to cheer for them and, and continue. Like, you're not going to cheer for them all the way. Hey, if they make it all the way to the championship and win, there's a championship parade in Nebraska. And when was the last time we could say that? Happened? Well, for Creighton, yeah. But I, I'm sure that I would go to the parade. <laughs> 
<laughs> I would too. I'm a big fan. I'm not a huge fan of Creighton in general, but I've been to some games. It's a cool atmosphere. Uh, a chance if you if you've kind of watched Big East basketball over the year to see you know Georgetowns and St. Johns and teams like that. Villanova's come in um, and Marquettes. You know, just cool cool chances that you thought you would never have to watch Big East basketball in Nebraska, and that's why I've always stated. I love what's been going on uh, with Omaha, with Creighton over the last 20 years, whatever it is, where Creighton elevates the level of basketball in Nebraska by getting into the Big East and not just getting into it, being one of the best teams there. Omaha deciding to go Division One. I. I know some people would disagree with some of Trev Albert's decisions, um, but for basketball, it's incredible. And I, and I love the basketball um, culture uh, to thrive and, and, and grow here in Nebraska, where there's just more D1 scholarships to be given out. And then, like I said, with Creighton moving up from, you know, Missouri Valley scholarships to Big East scholarships, it's a big deal. Um, so I, I, I do like to see those programs do well. It's just it, it always somewhat comes at the expense of, of Nebraska to a degree, right? Whether they're getting um, the Kyrie Thomases or the better players out of Omaha, or whatever it is. And it, it's just it, it again, I always just have to go back to, you know, regardless of what those teams are doing. And I agree with you. I, I usually like to see them have some success, at least so that there is some success in, in basketball at Nebraska. But Nebraska is just so buried as a program. Um, that they need to they need to do it themselves. There's there's no association, you know. It doesn't matter if Michigan State wins the national title this year. Nobody's going to roll that over into, hey, Nebraska must have been pretty good because they played them. This team's got a long way to go. It it just heightens the game when Nebraska gets to play Michigan State, and then you know, God forbid, Nebraska upsets Michigan. That's national headlines. Nebraska basketball right. is, is is the talk for an entire day. And anytime you can dominate a news cycle is good for your university. And so I just want as many opportunities as possible because you have to think eventually Nebraska is going to take advantage of one of their opportunities. Yeah, we're just still waiting on that one. <laughs> of course, it's been a tough go at it so far for uh, for Coach Hoiberg at, at Nebraska to the point that. There's some rumblings about his record, some 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 releasings of how much it would cost uh, if they had to get rid of him. It's been a wild couple of weeks because it, it's just that the, the, that bad record is adding up, and hopefully they can they can get a huge one, slay a giant tonight uh, in Purdue in West Lafayette and take down number seven Purdue. Hey, Purdue is two and two in conference play, so there is that. Maybe the Big Ten's too rough for, for Purdue, and Nebraska can be part of that. I'm not sure if I believe it, but yeah, it's something I can run with. Uh, we'll take a quick break though. On the block, we'll be right back uh we'll talk about uh, mark whipple being the highest paid assistant in nebraska football history also talk a little bit about chuba purdy is in town a lot of rumors going around we won't hit the rumor meal too much but uh it'd be great to have him in uh, a stick in town so we'll talk about that next here on the block